One thing we can always kind of, you know, looking out here, I always see the families that come together gathered, and we truly understand what that love is, right? We truly get a taste of what that love is in the family and those we love, especially around the season. We get the taste of what it means to know Jesus. But nothing more than when we gather around here to celebrate Mass, to celebrate the Eucharist. Right, that is the ultimate form of love that we can taste, that we can see. Today we celebrate one of the greatest moments that's ever happened in all of human history. Right, all of human history. So much so that historians even, you know, everything's before Christ or after Christ. That's how big this was. A momentous occasion, one of the most important events of all time. That God becomes man. Here we are for thousands of years, wondering what God is like. Thousands of years, right? Here we are thinking, if there is a God, would He even care about us? Who is God? Can we even see Him? We have absolutely no idea. For thousands of years, we've been wondering and wondering and pondering, and we look at the stars and we see how great the stars are, and we try to say, okay, maybe the stars have some sort of meaning for life and whatever and whatever it is, and so they thought the stars were God's. And then you see the sun and the moon and they come up every morning, every night. We say, okay, maybe the sun is a god, maybe the moon is a god. Then we even have today, where people are constantly searching for God in all the wrong places. They look at all these very strange spiritualities. They look at, I don't know, like horoscopes. They look at, uh, you know, healings from whatever. Different things, right? Evil eyes, whatever you want to name it, Finjen. Whatever it is, we look for ways to find find God in ways where we're searching for Him and we can't seem to find Him. And then 2,000 years ago, what happened? God becomes man. What we've been searching for has been found. And it's been found in Jesus. Suddenly, we don't have to wonder what God is like. No. We don't have to wonder at all. Because everything we need to know is in the Bible. Everything we need to know has been found in the person of Jesus Christ. There is no more wondering what God is. We don't have to wonder how it is, that how, how He views us. We know from Jesus we have a loving Father. We have a God who is a loving Father, who cares for us. As insignificant as we are, in the grand scheme of the entire universe, we have a God that loves us that wants nothing but the best for us. What's more than that, does God wishes to enter into your heart? Does God wishes to become one with you? The God who made the universe, the God who made the stars, the God who made the sun and the moon, everything that's in the universe, wishes to be within you. How amazing. There's nothing more amazing than that. And yet we hear in today's Gospel some of the saddest words you'll ever hear. That Jesus Christ has finally come into the world. That God has finally come into the world because He wants to love us. Because He desires you. And what do we find? That there was no room in the world for Jesus. There was no room in the inn. 
Some of the saddest words spoken throughout the entire Bible. Jesus finally comes. God himself finally makes himself into man and here he is in the world among us and there's no room for him. Nobody really cares. Imagine that. God who loves us so much wants to be among us and we say, you know what, I, I really have better things to do. There's other things that I spend my time Jesus, I don't see how you fit into my life. And yet, he still desires you. Even though sometimes we don't care for him, he still desires you. One thing I think that's very difficult to see in these days, you know, whenever we see, kind of, whenever Christmas comes around, we see the play that takes place in the, in, you know, the beginning of Mass, and we say, oh, you know, you know, the baby's so cute, or, you know, the, one of the shepherds trip and fall, right, whatever it is, right? We say, oh, this is so nice, so cute. What we have to understand is this. The manger that Jesus is born into, a manger, by the way, is one of the dirtiest things you can imagine. It's what animals used to eat on. We can imagine some sort of like, you know, some sort of like pasty food that's given for the pigs and the animals and the sheep and whatever. And sometimes animal feces and, and whatnot, right? Whatever it is the animals do around their feeding troughs. Not even a slave would be born in a manger. And so here's Jesus placed into this wooden manger, into one of the dirtiest things that you can imagine. And later on, again, we have to look at Jesus' life in its full picture, right? Later on, he trades this wooden manger for the wood on the cross. He endures the dirtiest thing that you can imagine. And then later on, he trades it for the cruelest way to die. The cruelest way to die. Why does he do this? Because, my brothers and sisters, we have a God that loves us so much, he wants to deliver us from sin. He wants to deliver us from sin, and he wants to show us the way, the truth, and the life. And this is why he desires to go through everything that he goes through, this sacrifice, so that he may live in your heart. The world today celebrates Christmas. How much of the world truly knows what Christmas is? We've lost its full meaning, right? We've lost its full meaning, but we have to keep this in mind, that what we thought was once impossible, once impossible to see, to love, He appears before us. He desires to take what's ugly in our life, what's truly ugly, which is sin. Sin and death and disease and all these things. All these things that we fear in life, and He wants to take the ugly and turn it into something good. From the cross we get the resurrection. We get a new life. We experience new things. And Jesus today tells each and every one of you. Each and every one of you, he says, Allow me to enter into your heart. Allow me to enter into your heart and I will take what is ugly, what is destroying, what is causing you death of soul, and I will turn it into something beautiful. But my brothers and sisters, we have to first, before we can do any of this, we have to allow Jesus Christ into our hearts. If we don't allow Him into our hearts, if we only allow Him in our hearts when it's convenient for us, then what happens? Is Jesus truly alive in our hearts? No. He's not. He becomes that, that person that we only go to when it's convenient for us. 
when, okay, I have nothing going on this Sunday, maybe I might as well go to church. Right? Or, or maybe it's Christmas and Easter, maybe I might as well, you know, go to church because I've been raised this way, things like that, right? When we fall into kind of just going with the motions, that because we've been taught to go to church on Christmas and Easter, we'll fall into a trap. A trap of never knowing who Jesus truly is. We call ourselves Christians. Do we act as such? Do we allow Jesus into our hearts? Do we allow Jesus into our hearts? We don't have to be perfect. I'm not saying we have to be perfect. We don't have to have life figured out. Church is not some sort of a country club for saints, right? Who figured it all out. But rather, it's a hospital. A hospital for sinners. It's realizing that each and every one of us has something going on in their hearts, something other than Jesus, and that we need to let go of that thing so that we can allow Jesus to work within us. But until we realize it, until we open the doors of our hearts to Jesus, it's not going to happen. If we only go to Jesus when it's convenient, or when we need something, it's not a real relationship. Jesus today is asking for a relationship. He's asking for a relationship. Give it to Him. He's given you everything. The least we can do is give Him our hearts in return. You know, there's many, many times when people think like, oh, you know, Christianity might not be for me because, you know, of X, Y, and Z. I, I don't really think of sitting in silence and prayer. I, I sometimes pray to Jesus, but I don't really get what I want and things of that nature. The problem is, is this, right? The problem is, is this. We live in a society that's so busy. There's so much going on around us. And sometimes it's so instantaneous. When we send a text message, we want the text message to go through like that. When our internet is slow, we go and we say, man, why is my internet not fast? I want, I want I'll create a new plan, whatever it might be. We live in a world of instantaneous. We don't see the benefit of sitting in prayer, sitting in silence, and listening to God each day. For a lot of people, that's a waste of time. But that's exactly what we need. There's a lack of communication. Here's Jesus who says to us today, that I have become man, so that you might know me, that you and Jesus might talk to each other. And yet, there's a communication problem. And it only continues to get worse. You know, when I, we can say, when I pray, I don't really get what I want. I don't really see the benefit of this. But God speaks to us through the silence. I guarantee it. He speaks to us through the silence of our hearts. And sometimes if we're, not, if we're too busy, we're, we're going to miss it. It'll fly right by us. But we can go, just go through the motions of life. That's a dangerous way to live. Because we fall deeper and deeper into darkness. We never truly experience the light of Jesus. My brothers and sisters, if we're not praying, if we're not going to church each week, if we're not receiving Jesus in the Eucharist, we're missing out. We're not developing a relationship with Him. We're not allowing Jesus to work on our hearts. But we're saying to Jesus, I have other things in my mind, and you're basically, you're basically second place. You're second place in my mind, Lord. We cannot say to ourselves, you know, when I get X, Y, and Z figured out, then I'll become more religious. Then I'll accept Jesus. No, that's not what it is. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart each and every day. He's seeking room in your heart. 
And he's asking you that question. Is there room in your heart for me? Is there room in your heart for me? Because if we're just going to make room for Jesus when it's convenient, we're missing out. We're truly missing out on allowing Jesus to enter. Allowing Jesus to work. Allowing Jesus to transform us. So that we can truly experience joy in this life and the one to come. So my brothers and sisters, we have to remember this. That Jesus has given us everything. Are you able today to do something for Him? And not just today, but each and every day of your life. Are you able to open the doors of your heart to Jesus? To give Him your heart? To give to Him who has given you everything? Will you, will you open the doors of your heart to Jesus and allow Him to dwell? This is the question we have to ask ourselves each and every day. Amen?